Communications presents a spoken word given to our congregation located at 1800 Hall Brown Road, where our senior pastor is Dr. Karen B. Johnson and assistant pastor Glenton Queen. You are welcome to join us as our services are held every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Enjoy the word. can we celebrate love without inviting the one that created love? That's what this is all about. For God is love. All over the building, we ask that you will please stand. For God has set the atmosphere for his word to go forth. have your Bibles, please turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Say amen when you have it. And it reads as follows. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. Also, but, oh, sorry. but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask that you just fall fresh here this morning, God, and open our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for your people, Lord God. Cover us as your vessels, Father God. Speak to us only what you want us to say, Father God. We pray that your word will fill our hearts continue to open up our minds that we may hear from you on today. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Our topic today is in it. To win it. Relationships are often described as hard, especially in marriages. But are relationships really hard? Or is, it hard um, or is it hard for us to do what God is asking us to maintain them? Whether it's with your family, friends, coworkers, and the list goes on and on. We must be an example. As Christians, our relationships and marriages should not be considered hard but rather a representation of Christ's love for the church. And when two Christians enter marriage, God must be at the center of that relationship if we are in it to win it. 
This is important because the purpose of marriage is to glorify and serve God. Amen. To be a representative of how Christ loves the church and to be a blessed state of mutual service. In marriage, we're not only committing to each other and companionship, but in reality, we're committing to each other in everything that we do. You see, when married, as we said in the text, those three chords are you, your spouse, and God. And while you're single, your three chords are you, God, and your accountability partner. Because the three of you together should help keep you on course to do those things that God has called you to do. It is also important to know that the two is better than one concept in marriage is a special synergy that takes place that creates more than what the husband and wife could do alone and by themselves. This is what leads to the stronger the family, the stronger the community. The weaker the family, the weaker the community. Amen. Our first point this morning is simply this. Don't let you get in the way with us. Don't let you interfere with us. Self is always the enemy that keeps us from a great marriage. I know we've heard there's been communication and all these things, but when you dig deep, it's really self. Romans 12.10 says, be devoted to one another in love and honor one another above yourselves. I remember when Veronica and I were going through our marriage counseling and Pastor Hay was looking over our paperwork and we had to fill out the questionnaire and kind of nervous, like, okay, I know we've already got the date set, so I hope this thing going to be all right. <laughs> and he looked at us, looked at the paper, looked back at us and said, this is the first time. I said, oh, Lord. He said, this is the first time that I've ever looked at a couple's paperwork and did not see anything that would keep them from being married. That was an important statement because that statement set the tone and the foundation for the marriage. But no one did he say that, but then Pastor Hay came back and said, Darrell, let me tell you something. This is my charge to you. As a husband, your job is to make sure that Veronica does everything that God has called her to do, for that is your purpose in this marriage. It wasn't about me trying to hook up with somebody and have two checks coming in the household. It wasn't about me taking somebody from California and bringing her back to the East Coast with me. It was about helping her fulfill her purpose according to God's plan in her life. But the good thing about God is when you do that, not only is she blessed, 
But I'm also blessed throughout that process. That's why God's plan for marriage is so awesome. Because the two is better than one concept. When you're blessing the other person and you're not trying to be selfish, you in turn end up getting a return on your blessing. The cause of relationship problems is always rooted in the lack of relationship with God. When you come together, you should both have some form of relationship with God. But when one lacks it, it already sets the stage for a bad relationship or a bad foundation. Not to say that God cannot bless it, because he can. But if we go in with the trust that God is able to do it, we're able to rely on him at the center. Great marriages have a deeper trust in God's plan. That in this faith helps both spouses look behind their spouse's problems and more towards God's greater work. You can never be happily married until you first get a divorce from yourself. Amen. You can never be happily married until you first get a divorce from yourself. I have to say that again because that's the true enemy of relationships. When you're so busy focused on just doing what you want to do, there's no way the marriage can grow. And I know some of you are saying, Pastor Durrell, I've been married for 20, 30, 40 years. We're good. But God doesn't want you just to have a good marriage. God wants you to have a healthy marriage. Some of us have good bodies. But the truth be told, ain't all that healthy. But I already know from the testimonies. How many of y'all felt good after the 21-day fast? Heard all kind of testimonies. Put away some things you didn't even know you could put away. To this day, I still haven't ate that Subway cookie. It's still in the house. (laughs) You felt good. You denied yourself some things that you didn't think you could do. And as a result of it, some of you have made a promise that in some form or fashion, you're going to continue that type of lifestyle as it relates to your health. Church, so it is with God's promise in our marriage. There are some things we need to deny ourselves. There are some new things we need to add to our relationship. And as a result, our marriages are healthier than what they were before. Proverbs 26, 4 says, enemies disguise themselves with their lips, but in their hearts, they harbor deceit. Mm. Our second point is for our singles. Don't ignore the red flags. You might say, what are red flags? What are red flags? Red flags are when an individual that is dating preparing for marriage that is consistently avoiding responsibility, Mm. exhibits patterns of physical 
and emotional abuse wow. or has trouble controlling anger are just a few. The reason the red flags are important is because if they're not dealt with, they can severely damage the marriage. The key is they can severely damage the marriage. Some red flags are serious enough that they may require professional counseling. You cannot deal with the red flags by saying, oh, it'll change when we get married. I got it. I can fix it. The truth be told, you really cannot do it. Only God can change those things. So for single women considering marriage, or even if you're dating, you need to remember that before God gave Adam a wife, he gave him a job. Well, gave him a job. He gave him a job. Let's make it plain. So what am I saying? If a man has a problem with responsibility, then how can he be responsible in a marriage? That's the truth. That's the truth. Don't trick yourself thinking you can fix that because it won't work. You say, oh, but Veronica, you've been married. You've been ma you're married. You have kids. But like some of you, I was a late married person. I didn't get married till 32. And this week I celebrated 53 years old. And what I'm saying is, in my singleness, I did not give up on God. He taught me patience. And then at times I would feel embarrassed that I was single, no children. I had an uncle that would always come around during the times that my sisters were engaged. He wouldn't even focus on my sisters getting married. He would say, well, where is Veronica's pre-fiance? And I was like, oh, my God. I said, well, Uncle, let me tell you this. God is preparing him, and he's continuing to work on me. <laughs> you see, Darrell and I went to junior high and high school together. And I was the type of person that, oh, I'm not going to date anybody from high school. Oh, I'm not going to date that, date back. But see, I had to have a change of heart. I had to get on God's plan. So at our 10-year class reunion, here comes Darrell. I'm sitting at a table with my friends. Darrell was in the military. He was working for the White House, so he passes out cards. Somebody says, hey, you have a card? Well, my two friends... Dream killers, what I say? They were no longer my friends. They would say, girl, you know, he probably had those cars made up. <laughs> they say, uh, and, and I'm so kind. I said, well, you know what? He might, you know, he is in the military. I said, you just have to give it a try. Now, one was married and one was single just like me. And I was like, God, I don't know what this is going to turn out. Because as the night went on, we went to talk. I said, but God, you're going to have to change my my tone, you're going to have to change me from the inside because I was like, Lord, I had this list of what I wanted. I had this biological clock idea. God said, you know what, you're going to have to tear it up. And that's what I say to you single women. Some of, things, some of the things on that list 
you may be able to keep, but the ungodly things you need to discard. You need to also get rid of the idea that it's some biological clock that society made when you're to get married. God predestined you for greatness. And even in your singleness, I want to say, if you, even if you're in your 30s, because I was 30, no kids, you kind of feel bad because you meet other couples, you meet your classmates, you meet your friends. And people sometimes look down on you about being single. But don't get discouraged by that. Don't allow people to make you feel bad because even as we can say that being married is a blessed state, being single is also a blessed state. Clap on that. And you're blessed when you're anchored in God and you learn patience. You learn how to wait. You don't prematurely give your heart away. And I'm going to pause here because a lot of times married people don't tell single people what to do. I have a daughter. And in order for my daughter not to experience a lot of things in society, It's my role as a mom to teach her the things that my sisters taught me. And that is, ladies, if you like somebody, don't let them know. That's a secret. Stick that in your pocket. Your friends say, girl, I got somebody for you. Why don't you just come to this party? You can go because you're single. But what I do say is spend time with that individual. Observe them. Observe them from afar. See if they have that character that you really want in your man. And that most importantly, that God is telling you to look for. See see how he treats his, how he acts around his family. See how he acts um, in public places. See how he acts with his own buddies. We don't get too deep. Relationships are deep. They're like the uh, deep is called into the deep. If you want to get to know somebody, you got to go deep. You got to not surface talk. What's your name? Oh, where you work? Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't have no kids either. Let's have dinner. But there's another little caveat to that. You're not just having dinner. You're trying to see what type of character this person has. Not so much because we look at the outer. Well, he opened my door. Okay. <laughs> We've been talking for three months. Oh, this is a relationship. There's no relationship. I was 28 years old, and I had a friend that got married. And I said, Charles, you're out of the dating game. Teach me how to date like a man. He said, Veronica, I said, you don't have your black book, do you? You know? But I, he said, well, Veronica, you know what? The way men look at it, and ladies, and, and men, I'm sorry. I'm going to pull your card because a lot of men are not truthful when you date our women. You're not truthful when you date not just our women, but when you're dating a Christian woman. See, if he ain't about coming to God on his own, don't guarantee, it doesn't guarantee that he's going to be coming to God when you're married. He has to possess what you possess. If you love God, you want to see that he loves God. If you're um, If you read your word, does he read his word? Is it something that gets you 
really connected beyond the surface. So go deeper. Don't just settle for anything. You want who God created you to be. Before I get to my second part of this, I want to always love what Sister Tony says in our Bible studies. And I think it's very appropriate that when you're dating, yes, the first date is nice. The second date may be cool. But after a while, you got to get past what we call the representative. And I love how she said that because everybody knows on those first couple of days, we're sending our representative. And for some of you, that may be your twin ego, the one that's good. <laughs> the one that I want to be like, but I'm not all the time. That's why you got to have those extended times of being with that person. Because after a while, the twins say, I can't go on this one. You need to go on your own on this one. And then that's when the real person starts coming out. And you're like, whoa, I thought this person was opening up my door. Oh, that was my representative. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't show up today, so this is the real me. And that's the part that you as singles need to deal with. Get past the representative and get to the real person. For my brothers, any single man considering marriage, you need to remember that God gave Adam a Proverbs 31 woman, not a Proverbs 5 woman. Amen. Give my brother some ammunition here. For some of our brothers, I know that a lot of our females don't want to admit that the Tyler Perry movies are true and that they all made up, but there's some truth in the movies. There are some women that have been hurt. There are some women that have been in relationship with moms or grandmoms that were hurt that have pushed that thing down onto their daughter. To the point when a good man does come, they really don't even know how to treat him. And it's not fair for men who are really walking the walk, doing it God's way, to start paying the price for somebody else that wasn't even a Christian anyway. Why should I suffer? Because of what somebody else did. Matter of fact, why should I suffer for the decision that you made before you met me? You picked that person. You put my picture and that other person's picture on the thing and said, God, whoever's the right person, let that one fall down. And you know, ladies, we be trying to what, write our name. I, I re, you know, I remember when Darrell and I was waiting, I was like, let me see how that look. Veronica E. Williams. <laughs> we tested out, right? We can't really do that. And then when the picture falls down, the one that you really didn't want, you come up with an excuse to say, okay, two out of three. <laughs> three out of five. That's what we have to come across with as men. And we have to also guard our heart. So many times we focus so much on the females, but I'm telling you, the males get a raw deal sometimes. So we have to make sure that we don't fall to what society says to us. I know sometimes it might not be as popular to be a Christian man in today's society, a godly man that's saving himself. But I tell you that the reward it's far more greater than what you could ever, ever imagine. And that's why it's so important for our young men to see men that go to huddles 
that talk about what it really is to be a man. Because now we get to bring that thing out the huddle, ready, break. And then we go out and we start running the plays in society. We start running the plays in the church. We start doing positive things, battle of the sexes, showing our young men that there is positive ways that you can have fun while you're single. God wants us to make sure that we find that Proverbs 31 woman. And I have to say this again. The Bible says, he that findeth a good woman, findeth a good thing. My single man, if you got a woman that's chasing you, it's probably not the one. I'm just going to be real. It's probably not the one. Because just like my wife used to say when it came to mice and cheese, the cheese never had to find out where the, a mouse never had to look for cheese. He knows where it's to be found. He knows. We don't need somebody always up in our face. We don't need somebody always blowing up our text. We don't need somebody that's constantly, constantly. No, he that findeth a good wife. Because really, the, the, what should be happening is for our single women, you should be working so much, and even for our men, for the Lord, that you should be like Adam, be so busy that he comes and taps you on the shoulder and says, it's time. You've been diligent. It's time. That's what we should be focusing on. And for all singles considering marriage or dating, you need to remember that it is not about finding the right person, mm. but being the right person. So many times I hear women talking about, oh, I hope I can find somebody. I hope somebody find. Let them find you. So that's what Darrell's talking about. Don't go chasing after him. So you may, um, so this is a good time for you to embrace your singleness. Be happy about it. God wants to restore you to joy. Amen. God's, the joy of the Lord, the scripture says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. God wants to be your strength. So then with that, you can strengthen your relationship with God and discover new things about yourself. Because truth be told, you're still learning more about you in your singleness. Amen. And for those of you that might be single again, the only thing I would add is pursue some of those dreams that have laid dormant for far too long. Stay out of the if I coulda, if I shoulda, and just say, it's now is the time. And the good thing about that, and I've heard some people say that we always meet the same type of person. Well, maybe we need to stop going to the same type of places. I mean, sometimes relationships ain't all deep and spiritual and scriptural. Sometimes it's just basic stuff. You know, for those that are single again, I say, you want to travel? Let this be your time of travel. If you want to do something different, let this be your time of doing something different. Because here's the funny thing about God. While you're standing in line at the airport, your Boaz may be right behind you. <laughs> While you're visiting overseas, going to Germany, Beyonce might be in the seat right behind you because she decided I'm not going to wait on somebody before I go travel. I'm just going to be me and God, and we'll just travel together. But God is so cool, he can match that thing up. And you just never, ever know how God will work that out. Mark 10, 9 says this, Therefore, where God has joined together, let no one separate. 
Our final point is this. Don't mistake your covenant for a contract. Don't mistake your covenant for a contract. You see, in a contract, you're always trying to defend your rights. And then at the same time, you're limiting your own responsibilities. But see, in a covenant, you surrender all your rights. And then you accept all of your responsibilities. That's what's so important in a relationship. I don't want to make a bunch of excuses. I have to accept the fact that I didn't do that, that I can do better. That's the thing that God wants as it relates to covenants and contracts. Where a contract is legally binding, a covenant is spiritually binding. Mm -hmm. We have to allow God's spirit to be in the midst of our challenges. We cannot be too quick to throw in the towel because some challenges produce growth. There are, there's no testimony without a test. Darrell and I won't be celebrating 21 years because we were so good as Christians. Definitely not. That we gave God, we committed, and we dedicated, dedicated our lives to God. But there were some challenges that God had to give us to learn about ourselves, to learn where we were individually, and it, doesn't, it didn't just happen years ago. See, every year you're going to be tested. And I want to say for us, last year around this time, God kept telling me to have, Veronica, I need you to have a risk of faith attitude. I spent five months trying to figure out what God was going to say, <laughs> what he was saying to me. Well, August 9th, I got what God was saying to me. I was called into a meeting with me and another coworker. We were told that they could not um, fulfill, um, pay for both of our positions. And the executive director said, Veronica, you're it. Mm. I said, I'm it? What does that mean? Clarify. So you don't ever let people just say their answers and that be it. She said, well, you were the last one hired. So we're going to let you go. But see, the thing about letting you go when you're, God's, when you're God's child, earlier in the day, they called our music director on the phone and told her to come pick up her stuff. That was like at 10 o'clock in the morning. My meeting was at 3 o'clock. And they said, today is August 9th. We won't have a, a real answer if we can really keep your two positions until August 14th. August 14th, they met with me again at 3 o'clock. I'd already been praying. I didn't lose any sleep. I just said, Darrell, you know what? This is a good time for me to just go. God has been saying, take a risk of faith. I don't know what it meant, but things were coming close. So on August, uh, September, August 14th, they call me in at 3 o'clock and they say, well, Veronica, we're not able to find more funds because our, um, our, two, our um, numbers are low for our students come August 31st. I said, oh, well, thank you. <laughs> what else was I supposed to say? I said, thank you. They said, but you know what? We're going to give you to um, September 14th. You can still be here. 
Remember I told you, they let someone go the same day on the phone. Mm-hmm. When you're anchored in God, he works it out for you. He works it out. He does. He really does. No weapons formed against you shall prosper. What the enemy means for good, God turns it in. What the enemy turn, uh, turn mean for bad, God turns it around, mm-hmm. and it works out in your favor. So what happened is God said, go count up all your leave because you get new leave in September. So on August 15th, I asked the executive director, I said, can I have a meeting with you? She said, sure. I said, I know that we have an at-will policy. So I would like to invoke my at-will policy. Mm-hmm. I know you don't provide, when pe- you can't take leave, a sick leave prior to being dismissed. But I'm going to ask you to provide me my sick leave. And my last day will be August 29th. She said, sure, no problem. That's not a problem at all. In the meantime, I went back to my dad. I said, oh, I think I can make this a little bit sooner than August 29th. But I spent time not worried about what was next for me. So I just said, well, you know what? They got unemployment. How do I tell Darrell, you know, this is what's going to happen? Even with the little bit amount that God um, blessed us with, with unemployment, our bills didn't get unpaid. Our mortgage was paid. The extra things we needed for our kids didn't get undone, didn't get unpaid. And that was because we were fully committed to God in our tithes. Whatever we had, we got to learn how to trust God. God is saying to the singles, to the married, to all of us, whether it's your finances, whether it's your marriage, I want it all. Are you willing to just put it in his hands? He holds the whole world. And so I was out of work, but I didn't just look doomed, whatever. I found another job. I started November 7th. Amen. In the midst of all of that. <laughs> but in the midst of all of that, I was also going through the final stages of being um, licensed. But I didn't waver because I said, God, you know what's best. You know you got a plan. And so the bottom line is, is that November 7th, I started a new job. And in the midst of that little break that I had, God was able to let me detoxify, release all that other stuff from the old job and be ready for the new thing he was creating for me. And so I thank God for that. So if you're struggling on your jobs, and if you don't know what to do, just keep your hands in God's hands. Don't stop getting off your knees. Don't stop praying. We we know we just had a furlough. You should have been saying, God, I don't know. Maybe this is a good opportunity for me to step out on faith because I'm trusting in some man-made thing that is wavering. February 15th, you guys are going right back through the same thing. What have you done in that? Increase your faith to trust God. God wants to do a new thing in whatever you're experiencing in your life. And for our men, when those challenges come upon you, that's when it's time to remember those vows of sickness and in health richer or for poor, till death do us part. 
Because during those times, I could have made an opposite mindset. When she came through the door, I could have been unempathetic. I could have been staring at ESPN saying, what you going to do next? But that wasn't what God wanted me to do. So I had to roll up my sleeves. Because guess what? If she's been let go, that means we have been let go. So guess what? If she's looking for a new position and a new career, we are looking for a new position and a new career. That's how God works in this thing. As a matter of fact, I wanted to outdo any other husband in the history of somebody's wife that got passed, got fired. I said, baby, I'm your new EA. I remember we went to did some research, found out the job fair. I said, let's go to the job fair. She said, well, what you going to do? I said, I'm going to hold your resume. I'm going to be the person right behind you. And they're going to be like, what in the world is going on here? But that's what it takes to be a godly husband. We didn't find anything there. So we decided to hit the um, internet. I tell you, I got so many passwords out there for every job place out there, every school out there, because that's what it took. I had to set up passwords. I had to set up different accounts. I had to upload resumes, upload this. Remember what we said on this one, not to repeat the same thing? We were in it to win it, and we were in it together. So when she got blessed with that position, it was not just a blessing for her, but it was a blessing for us. That's the type of husband, my single people, that you want. You want somebody that's going to truly, truly be by your side no matter what. In reference to the contracts, one of the best ways to keep a covenant is to stop listening to ourselves and start speaking to ourselves. When you listen to yourself and excuses, to you it sounds really good. When you stand it in the mirror, it sounds good. But the truth is, we can't be about excuses. In the covenant, we have to speak to ourselves. What can I do better? How can I make this right? How can I go apologize for those mean words that I said that I really didn't mean to say? In the covenant, we have to speak to ourselves and tell ourselves, this is what I'm going to do. Instead of continuing to listen to excuses on why I can keep doing that same thing that's not godly. God expects us to be better. So in conclusion, marriage is one of the best gifts that God has ever given to humanity. But it is more beautiful when it operates the way God intended. Besides, what if God intended for your marriage to make you holy? Let me say that again. What if God intended for, to make your marriage holy rather than happy? Has God spoken to you about your marriage? Is there something you have struggled with? that is a stronghold in any of your relationships? If so, you may need to pray more, or you may even need to start praying together. You may need to ask God to strengthen your bonds. You may need to iron out some of those troubled places. You may even need to apologize for acting out of character. If you are single, and need to increase your faith, to trust God in this season, make today the first day of your new journey. 
And I ask that you will walk in God confidence. Don't let society try to shame you. Don't let society try to put some type of unrealistic clock on your life. You continue to walk boldly in the Lord, and you do what God has called you to do until you get that tap on the shoulder. Because in your singleness, you should be serving the Lord like no matter what. And then that's why God will be able to look down on you, and you don't worry about what your life is. Because there are some people that have been called to marriage, and then there are some people that have not been called to the ministry of marriage. God needs both to advance his kingdom. And this is a great time to make your relationship stronger. God wants us to be in it, to win it. And for that to happen, God must be at the center of our relationships. God, God bless, bless you, you first, Christian. If our decision counselors come forward. Through our ministry of praise, God has already set the atmosphere for relationships to be strengthened. See, that was what was going on there. Kevin didn't realize it, but God was using them to shake up some things, to break up some things just for this very moment. So now here it is. If everyone can stand that can stand. The question that God has on the floor is this. Has God spoken to you about sin and disappointments in your life? If so, God offers forgiveness. If you're out of God's will, God is saying, come home. If you're lost, he says, come to Jesus. If your situation can be better or you need to be strengthened and encouraged, we ask that you will come and allow our decision counselors to pray for your relationships. Will you come? Salvation is available. Accepting Jesus as your personal savior and the head of all your life and all of your relationships. Baptism is available. If you've never been baptized, we have that you will come up and allow yourself to have an outward experience of an inner change that's going on in your life. Will you come? Baptism is available. Maybe you had a relationship with God, and somehow life just got in the way. Restoration is available. Will you come to make a new spiritual commitment to God? And last but not least, church partnership. Some of you have been coming to First Christian for a while, and you think you like what you've experienced. We ask that you will come and partner with us. Bring your gifts and add them to our gifts so that we can go out to this community and help a whole lot of people that's having challenges in their relationships. Because those of you that are living the single life the way God wants, there's somebody out there that needs to know what you're doing. And for those of you that are married, we need to take some of those tools to the outside and allow ourselves to help strengthen those communities. Will you come and partner with us? Salvation, baptism, restoration, 
and church partnership? Is there one? Amen. God bless you, First Christian. Thank you, Decision Council. Again, as we continue to celebrate this month of love and marriage and relationships, we invite you for our next two Sundays where we have dynamic panel discussions as well as more great words coming forward. Amen? Amen. Let us prepare for dismissal. Heavenly Father, we just come to you, first of all, to just say thank you. Thank you, Lord, for just being so kind and so loving towards us. Help us to be reflective of this message about love, that we will, in our quiet time, God, allow you to speak to us. Father God, we ask that every word that was said, every song that was done, will be glorifying to you. We pray that you will move on every relationship, Father God, and you will make it better than it ever has been. For Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you, and ask that you will be with us until we meet again. Let all in hearts and minds say amen, 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 and amen. God bless you.